One of the things that all the confirmation students had to do was to write a statement of faith. And two of our students this year decided to show us some artwork to describe their statement of faith. This is one here, this is Henry Files. And when he was describing it to us, he said that all of those lines and colors, that is the mayhem of life, the chaos of his world. And the umbrella is what God does. God shields, protects, and keeps him safe from the mayhem of this world. And then Corinne Tannis, she portrayed it this way, with the cross in the center. And then the, the black background and the, all of the, the, the pieces of paint and the stripes is, this is the life of a 14-year-old. And they have been forming their faith these past five months. It's not something that's done. It's not like today is done. And then we're, we're done, we formed our faith. But it's something that all of us have these opportunities to do all throughout our life. And I know some of you all have your moment. You have that like day and time and location where you were like, didn't know Jesus, knew Jesus. I don't have that. I don't have the one moment, but I do have moments. And one of those that was so important and central to who I am today was this two week experience I went on the summer before my junior year of high school. There were 12 of us from my youth group and a couple of our youth pastors and the staff, and we hiked four miles up from a camp called Windy Gap, and we hiked four miles up to a camp called Pioneer Plunge. And this is so rustic. And it talk about an opportunity to unplug. We spent our time huddled in the morning around each other like this with a huge piece of like white board, poster board that had the lyrics to the songs on it. And then at night we would sit down around this and we would do songs that were call and repeat because there were no books for us to hold on to. It was just call and repeat songs. We were unplugged from everything. So we, it, it made us figure out how to do so many things differently. There were no mirrors. We didn't know what we looked like. There were no watches. We had no idea of time. You woke up when the, the sun came up and you went to bed shortly after the sun went down because you worked all day on the camp and you were exhausted. There was no electricity or running water and so our showers were these ice cold mountain streams. So rather quick, as you can imagine. The only soap we could use was that Dr. Bronner's stuff that's like biodegradable and that included on our teeth. There was no beautifully flush, flushing toilets. There was two outhouses, one for the guys and one for the girls. We unplugged everything. And I bet if you asked any one of us, we would say we would give anything to go back and do that again. Do any of y'all just long to unplug from, I'm not even talking about from screens. I'm talking about from Schedule, busyness, responsibility, having to hear one more awful story about something that's going on in our country or our world, just getting away and being alone. And we just don't take time to do that. And neither did Jesus and his disciples, except that Jesus kept pushing them to do that. Many times throughout the Gospels, Jesus all of a sudden just like, 
exits the scene. And it says, and Jesus was by himself on a mountaintop praying. And then there's this one time where Jesus sends the disciples out two by two because all of Jesus' ministry wasn't just Jesus with the 12 kind of walking along. There's too many people that need to hear the good news. And so at one point, he sends them out on their mission, two by two, and he tells them, you are to go and you are, you are not to take anything but one tunic, one pair of sandals, and you need to rely on everybody, every village that you go to and just hope that someone is gracious and generous enough to be able to care for you. And they do amazing things. Y'all, they, they heal, they cast out demons. I mean, it, the gospel is just being spread. It's amazing. And they come back. And the scripture that Elijah just read is what they, when they first come back to Jesus. And notice at the beginning of the passage, it said, and then they reported to Jesus about all they had done. And Jesus' response is not to give them a trophy. Jesus doesn't say, okay, well, who really was most improved? Who was the most valuable disciple? Let's go ahead and categorize you all, and every one of you needs to get a different affirmation. I'm going to praise you all. I'm going to fire you up. Jesus doesn't do any of that. Jesus realizes that what they need in that moment is that verse, come away to a deserted place by yourselves and rest a while. This is something that I know I'm not encouraged to do. It's something that we have been commanded to do back in the book of Genesis is to take time to rest and to unplug. I'm not going to badger any of us with like all the negative reasons, what, how, you know, things like your, if you stare at your phone for a long time, your brain turns to mashed potatoes, you know, if you play, save and play screams all night long, it's going to be difficult. I'm not going to do that because I don't, I don't think that's what this passage is saying. This passage isn't saying what you shouldn't do. All Jesus does is say what we should do. Come away with me by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. And so what I want us to look at this morning are what I think are the three kind of justifications for why we need to unplug. And the first is just our bodies, just biologic. When a toddler starts to to cry, the parent says, oh, she must be tired. If a coworker kind of is short at a meeting, they might say, I'm sorry, I didn't get enough sleep. I remember when we had babies, they, they just kept telling us it's so important for them to have that consistent length of sleep at night because when they sleep is when their brains grow. Biologically, we have been created to, to create and imagine and work and play and laugh and cry. And yet, all of those systems that make that happen were also created to chill out and to rest and to not do. And what we know is that when we sleep, this is like anatomically, when we sleep, our heartbeat slows down. And so all of the vital organs in our body are able to rest, giving us, literally fueling us then for the next day of life. Come away with me by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. It will feel better. So first is just, Biology. 
And the second is relationships. So I know, and you all know that, you know, we were created to be in relationships, and when we come tired, we are not our best self. We're not able to make all of those connections that we know are apparent. We're not able to to be the loving beings that we are able to be. And so one of the things that our students do over the summer, uh, at the beginning of the school year, sorry, is that they go to this camp, this is our high school students, called Celebration. Many of you all might have heard of it. And it is truly kind of, it's not roughing it, um, it's unplugging though. There's very little cell service, and if you're one of like the few lucky ones that gets a bar, but for the most part, you're just not on your phone. I am convinced, though, that it's not just because we are unplugging from our phones when we, when we go outside. It's not, it's not like God is more alive there. God's alive here. It's not like there's something sacred, special, set apart, different. It's that you're unplugging. You're intentionally removing yourself from parents and criticisms, from coaches and expectations, now, wouldn't it be so wonderful if, if all of us could just go on a retreat every week and be able to unplug? But that's not the world we live in. But there are things that we can do in our very lives that can help us create that space. So first, biology. Second, relationships. And thirdly, and most importantly, is self-esteem. You see, I think Jesus was intentional not to pat them on the back. Not to say to those disciples when they got back, job well done. Because Jesus is constantly trying to push us to realize your esteem, your self-esteem is only reflected in me. It is not what you do. It is not how well you do or how many people you went out and healed or how good you do in high school or college or career or rearing children or any of that. You alone with me are enough. There is this this theme in Christian culture that I want to desperately undo. And it is that you are not whole until you find a mate. That is not truth. That would mean Jesus is not whole. That is not truth. Each of us needs to know that I, by myself, my esteem is enough in Christ. And so he says, before they have an opportunity to boast, an opportunity to say, feed me, feed me with affection and feed me with affirmation, he says, go away to a deserted place by yourselves and rest a while. We can do this. It could be that you make a decision that um, at the dinner table, we're not going to have phones two nights a week. You could decide, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to bed an hour early and I'm not going to set my alarm. It could be that you're going to do my favorite thing, which is take a nap. Our bodies need us to rest. Our relationships are desperate for us to rest a while. And our self-esteem deserves it. May it be so in my life and in yours.